Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Our next guest might have a pretty good insight because he played for the organization on Brown's drama in what Jadavian Cl- uh, Clowney's comments to Mary Kay Cabot at Cleveland.com in a piece published on Cleveland.com yesterday really mean. He joins us every football Friday. Jason Pinkston, former Browns offensive lineman now on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. What's up? How you doing, bud? What's going on, guys? How are you? I just, I just wanted to talk about a football game today, Jason. And the Browns said, no, you will be talking about our drama in terms of what you saw. Because I know you read the uh, Jadavian Clowney piece by Mary Kay Cabot. In terms of what you saw, what were your biggest takeaways? You know, it's, it's, it's disappointing, man. You know, it's disappointing for a, a, a guy like Clowney to, to say what he said publicly um, you know, about your, about your team and your coaches and a guy that you, you share a meeting room with, very disappointing, um, and, and especially this season. I mean, his stats were, were awful. You know, he's missed some, some time here with injuries where I thought he could have maybe fought through some of those, you know, as being a defensive lineman, one of your tough, physical, strong guys on the line. Um, you know, it, it's just disappointing. You know, you, they, no one believes in you. Like, who? I don't need no one to believe in me. I believe in myself, and that's good enough for me. You know, I'm, I'm one of those guys, like, you know, prove people wrong, you know, and prove myself right. Like, I, I, it was very disappointing to read that. And, and, and if I was, you know, the coach there, I would have called his ass, and he would have, after I saw that, and he wouldn't have even came to the building today to be sent home. He would have stayed at home all day. Jason, um, my my frustration with this is listen, to me, Jadavian, I never he never entered my mind as a guy who was going to be here next year anyways. He hasn't been great this year. There have been all these thoughts about is he dogging it this year? All this kind of stuff. So to me, I'm more worried about the locker room, and it's two straight years of this stuff. And Kevin Stefanski's big on we keep it in house. Well, it's two straight years it's spilled out into the public eye here, is it fair to criticize, or maybe not even criticize, is it fair to wonder about Kevin Stefanski as a leadership, given what I just said? No, I think he is, uh, I think he is a pretty good leader, you know, um, you know, and, and, and when I was there, I hate to always go back to when I was there, we had great guys in that locker room, okay? Our offensive line with a spectacular room, and we handled things for the most part in house, you know, with our guys or, you know, our leaders step up, stepped up and took, took care of a lot of those things and situations that would arise. And, you know, as, as a team, you know, with those type of guys and they're making that type of money, you would think that there needs to be a little more leadership amongst the players. You know, if you're unhappy, talk to the team. Don't talk to the reporters. Um, you know, you know, they, they need a story. I understand they're doing a job, but it's, you know, it's, it's very disappointing. You know, it's, 
it's it's a little bit disappointing for Coach Stefanski as well, you know, knowing that these things are are, are being said and happening because I'm sure he knows that there's been whispers or things going on. And he does try to keep everything in-house as much as possible as you can. But when someone goes to the media and, and you're complaining about your no one believes in you, they're setting you up for failure, I mean, it just looks bad on you as a person and a player and as a teammate. You know, like, it, it sounds like there's some little uh, some jealousy there. You know, Miles is getting blocked by two or three guys at a time. How are you not winning? You're one-on-one most of the time. I mean, you have it. You have a, 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 it's, it's set up nice for you. And, you know, he, he's under, he's, he's under, you know, achieved all year in my eyes. You know, last year he had a really good season, nine sacks, a bunch of tackles. He was phenomenal in the, in the run game. For sure, we'd be bringing him back. But after this year, two sacks, and, you know, you're not fighting through some injuries and some things that people have and everyone around the league has. I mean, he, get, just get rid of him. Let's be on. you got to cut the cancer out of the locker room, and he's one of those guys. He's proven it that he's a cancer. He needs to go. Jason Pinkston, former Browns offensive lineman on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. Uh, Kevin Stefanski said today that, you know, these issues are prevalent in the NFL, that, that you know, these kind of things happen even when you're winning, that these skirmishes or disagreements kind of pop up at all times. So I wanted to ask you, seeing as that you were in uh, multiple NFL locker rooms here, multiple iterations of an NFL locker room, how prevalent are issues like this in a locker room? You know, there, there's issues. Um, you know, things come up. People are happy maybe with their playing time or, you know, they think the coaches are running the wrong schemes and things like that. But, I mean, we're, be a professional you know, if you don't like something, just don't sign back if they give you an opportunity to. Um, a lot uh, Now it's, you know, everyone wants to speak out and call their agent and complain and, and do things to get them cut or so they can go sign with another team. You know, sometimes I think there's tampering going on where a player is unhappy and he wants to get out and, you know, if he gets cut or released, you know, this team is guaranteed to pick him up. You know, so I, 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 I don't like it. You know, I, I hate the game has gone that way, um, you know, but there's always going to be issues in the locker room. You try to keep them to a minimum. And when you have a good locker room with good veterans and leaders, you know, they take care of 90% of the things that are going on. You know, you don't need your coaches in there, you know, c- you know, trying to, you know, can control grown men who are making millions and millions of dollars. I mean, be a professional. And that's what I learned from those guys, you know, Alex Mack and Tony Pachos and Joe Thomas and Artis Hicks. Be a professional and do things the right way. Always celebrate your teammates, you know, other people's success. You know, don't talk down on people or point the fingers at people. Be leaders. And I was taught that. So, you know, with, with this whole situation, what, what Clowney did, you know, it, he kind of looks like a clown himself doing this. I like what you did there with the clown Clowney thing. A little bit. Uh, I, yeah. I put a little zinger in there. It's all right. Yeah, you know, no. I, every now and then, I'm good for one every now and then. You got to understand, Jason, I am the preeminent shot taker at the station. I take shots even when I don't realize I'm taking shots. So that was money for me. I do want to know. Because you have such a cool perspective on this because you are from Pittsburgh. You live there now, but yet you're a, a Cleveland Brown. You still uh, you know, root for the Cleveland Browns, pay attention to the Browns. So this year, the Steelers have done what the Browns could have done. The Steelers have gone from out of the playoff hunt, improbable playoff odds, 
to they've got a fighting chance to make the playoffs this weekend. Whereas the Browns were one step ahead of the Steelers, and now the Browns have fallen out and they were eliminated by the Saints. So I'll ask you, what do you see as the difference between the Steelers and Browns? You know, it's it, it you know, it's I, I think the experience that Coach Tomlin has with that team, you know, over the years, you know, no losing seasons. Uh, you know, he always finds a way to pull his guys together. And he has leaders in that locker room, you know, Cam Hayward, uh, Micah Fitzpatrick, uh, a, a bunch of those guys. They always seem, you know, when it, when it always seems the Steelers, the wheels are falling off, they always come back. You know, it's like the Undertaker. You know, he's you think he's down and out, then all of a sudden he sits up out of nowhere and they rally together and, and they pull together and, and, and they make a way. Now, I, I do think – you know they're they're banking on a couple teams to win some games here, where I think that that's where they might come up short at. You know I, I don't know if the Jets are going to be able to pull it off. Uh, I think Miami's due to win a game here. You know they've lost a couple. It, it, it's going to be tough for them to make it, but you know they they always have a chance. Uh, that young quarterback uh, Kenny Pickett, a pick guy, he's playing phenomenal, doing a nice job. That George Pickens is, you know I think he's probably one of their best offensive weapons and he's continuing to get it done and their defense you know they they, they always they, they bend but they don't break um you know with, with that being said you know I, I think it comes down to to their coaching and, and a couple of their players and and uh i forgot tj watt you know they always come up and, and they find a way they play you know it seems that you know you look at them they play for each other and they make plays, and they hold each other accountable. You know, like speaking of last week, you know, in that game, Cam Hayward got a, a penalty, and you see Minka Fitzpatrick go over to him and say a couple things, and they got into a little bit of disagreement, and they squashed it and went back out, and they won the game. You know, so it, it, it's things like that that keep you keep you together, keep the teams together. And, you know, if, if things go their way, which, you know, me personally, I hope it doesn't, um, you know, they may make the playoffs, but, you know, I, I hope they don't. I hope I really hope they don't. So you mentioned playing for each other. It it did feel like, especially if you watch the defense, a lot of the time it felt like eleven guys playing instead of uh, one unit playing. How like is is that about coaching? Is that about uh, player selection? Is that about veteran leadership? Like what? Where can we point the finger for for a team that doesn't seem like it was playing um, for each other this year? You know, I think you can point the finger at, at a little bit of everybody. Players, coaches, um, you know, somewhat of the scheme maybe at, at some points in time. You know, people trying to do too much and, you know, and, and, and making selfish mistakes where, you know, maybe they're, you know, speaking of our DBs, maybe they're out of place in coverage or, you know, not not doing their assignment, you know, that's, it was down to just being selfish. And, you know, a lot of times it seemed like this year we were not on the same page and what we needed to do to accomplish this year. Um, and we, we fell short, you know, our, I had very, very high hopes for our defense this year. I thought we were going to take a big step. You know, we got, we, we got some great, we have great players on that defense, man. And it's, it's sad. Are we missing a, a couple pieces? Yes, but every team is. But I thought we had a good enough defense to go in and win the AFC North and really compete in the playoffs and make a push and see what happens. 
And it, it's very disappointing that we could not get that group of guys on the same page and playing together and playing as one. You know, when, when, you, when, you, when you're on that defense, man, and, you're, and one person, just like the offense, if one offensive lineman doesn't do their job, then the play is, is dead. And it's just like no, no difference in the defense. If one guy's not doing their assignment or in their gap or in their coverage, and, you know, you get beat. And that's what happened a lot of times this year for us. And we did nothing to correct it because I've seen guys make the same mistakes over and over again. And that comes down to the players and coaching. All right, Jason, I've been debating getting into this with you because you're such a good friend of the show and you're, you're such a yeah, – but, but listen, I, I, with all this being said, I am the preeminent voice in this town – alongside Ken Carmen, who thinks Kenny Pickett has just been asked this year. So I heard you say, I heard you say the thing. I know he's a pick guy, so I'm sorry to put you in this situation. You said he's playing really well. I kind of think, I kind of think they're a team that's won in spite of the quarterback the last four years. I don't think he's playing awfully, but like I heard Chris Collinsworth compare him to Patrick Mahomes this weekend. Can you at least admit that people are maybe overvaluing what Kenny Pickett has done on the whole because he's had a couple nice plays at the end of the games the last two weeks. I, I, you know what? I am definitely not going to put him in that Patrick Mahomes column. I wouldn't even put him in the top ten of quarterbacks right now. But what he's doing is, is you know, he's not losing games. You know, down this down this stretch here, and you know, he's he, he's made some nice plays with his legs. He's hit some nice passes on the run. Um, I, I think he's doing a good job in that, that aspect, and he will continue to get better. Um, I, you know, I, I do cheer for him because he's a pit guy. But I, I don't – by no means do I think he's been playing lights out. Um, but I think he's done enough to where he's not out there creating, you know, two, three turnovers a game and, and, and missing wide receivers, you know, bad. I think he's made some nice plays. and He made some, some bad plays. And, you know, I was listening to – Ben Roethlisberger on a podcast and he was talking about him a little bit, you know, how he was, was, you know, kind of wrong of his assessment of him. And, you know, there's obviously there's a lot of pressure when you're a first round draft pick and you're going in and you're trying to fill the shoes of a, of a guy who's definitely going to be a hall of famer at some point in time here. Um, it's tough, you know, and you're going to get a lot of criticism and, a, and a, a lot of judgment on you, but I think he's done a nice job here over these last couple of games, you know, he's been banged up and, you know, I think he's got knocked out of one or two games, but overall, I think he's had a, a, a pretty fairly good first season. All right. We can, we can, we can, we can leave it right there. I'll give you that. And I did want to, because of the game this week, because of the recent developments, I, I can't let you go without talking about the DeMar Hamlin situation. You're both Pittsburghers. Uh, you're a former player in the NFL. So just what's been – what was your initial kind of um, emotions you kind of went through earlier this week and kind of what are your thoughts on, on all the uh, – just the whole week with what's happened with DeMar? You know what? It's, uh, it, it, was, it was so shocking. You know, I was sitting here with my family and we're just watching the game and uh, it, it, it crushed me, man, just to see that happen to him. I had this sick feeling in my stomach. Uh, one, because, you know, uh, you know, I, I had blood clots in my lungs and I played through four games of not knowing that I had blood clots in my lungs. You know, I was misdiagnosed and they thought it was bronchitis. And, um, you know, the doctors told me I should have died on that, you know, on the football field, you know, before my last, you know, couple games there I played. And, 
you know, it's, 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 it was really tough to see that happen because I knew what he was going to go through uh, just because earlier this, uh, back in November, uh, my father, he had actually, you know, his heart stopped in hospital and he actually died and they did CPR for 20 minutes and they brought him back and he's doing a lot better now. But, it, and you know, the, the, DeMar's a lot younger than my dad, but, you know, I was familiar with the, the processes that he was going to have to go through and being hooked up on a ventilator. And, and then they cool your body for 24 to 48 hours and they warm your body back up and they do all these brain tests. So I've been living that for the last two months with my dad. So I knew it was going to be tough for him. You know, I'm so happy that and thankful that he's doing a lot better. And, you know, he's talking to his teammates, he's responding, he's not on a ventilator anymore. Um, and kudos to those first responders and the, and the, the physicians, the team doctors from the Bills and, and Cincinnati that took care of him. And, and, you know, they were, you know, sometimes, you know, our heroes, they're paid a lot less money, but they're expected to perform in high-stress situations. And those guys stepped in there, man, and they, and they saved his life. But it was really tough to watch, man. I was I was completely sick to my stomach. You know, I didn't even want to watch football anymore and, you know, kind of turned it off. I didn't want to hear about it. I just wanted to – it was just kind of sitting back and just waiting to see if, you know, how he was doing and, and that he was going to recover, you know. And, and I coached football at his, his high school that he graduated from now. So all the guys were talking and the players were reaching out, what you heard and what you didn't hear. Did you hear this? And I was just trying to – you know, block all the noise out until we actually heard something because there was so much going on and going around. But, you know, it, it's a scary thing, man. It's a, it's a very scary thing that happened. And, you know, hopefully he continues just to improve over these next couple of days and weeks. And, you know, and hopefully he can play football again because I know that's a dream of his. And, and, and something, just watching him at Pitt and him being one of our Pitt brothers, is you never want to see that happen to him or anybody for that sake. Jason, that was really great stuff, man. And I'm glad to hear your dad is uh, is doing well right now. And, and you've been so gracious with your time, bud. Uh, enjoy the final regular season weekend of the NFL. Enjoy the final Browns game of the year. And we'll talk to you next week, buddy. All right, guys. Have a good one, man. I appreciate it as always. And uh, thank you for always having me on. It's been a great year. I'm very appreciative of you guys having me come on each Friday with you. I enjoy it. And um, I look forward to continuing to work with you guys. Good Thank man, you. Jason. I appreciate you, buddy. Jason Pinkston there on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.
We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.